0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine, specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. So, before we jump in today, I wanted to make an announcement. It's very exciting. I've spent years on this project and it's finally live. My ultimate fertility guidebook is available for purchase on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and Target, and Walmart, in stores, or online, and I I am so excited for this resource to be out there, because it contains everything that I have learned, all you know, the secrets that my patients have taught me, my mentors have taught me, everything I've done clinically, everything I've done in collaboration with other doctors, we will teach you all about your body, what to look out for, what to eat, what not to eat, what supplements to take, what supplements not to take, what kind of exercise to do or not to do mindfulness to integrate, how to pair natural medicine alongside IVF or conventional treatments for better results. It packs all the goods. And um, I've tried to make it into a very user-friendly and easy to read lighthearted and entertaining guidebook. It's intense because it's a big one. It's got a lot of information in it. And that's why I call it the ultimate fertility guidebook. But the personality of the book is is lighthearted and and I've tried to make sure that it it is not a dry clinical guide. It is it is a fun read as fun as it could be when you're on a fertility journey, and you don't want to be on one. But check it out. It's there for you. And as always, more free info here as we dive into our next session of Fertility in Focus. So let's jump in. Okay, so I my education in Eastern medicine is based in the Taoist religion. So some people would call it a philosophy in China it's considered a religion. Um, Taoism really focuses on our connection to nature and the fact that we, no matter how we like to sort of pretend that we can rule nature or be separate from it or what have you, it's all interconnected. And we are influenced by our seasons uh, in a multitude of factors. So, you know, when we start eating out of season and not dressing properly for the season, and when we start going against nature, our health starts to fray, basically. And there are, you know, very ancient books written on this topic of basically, you know, when you live in harmony with nature, um, you will be well and things will flow with ease. So I have always kind of clinically observed that I see a hell of a lot more pregnancies at certain times of year. And I remember interviewing Dr. Mayor Olcha, who's an REI, and we were chit-chatting about, you know, random things, things like even like vitamin D and fertility, and he agreed with me that there seems to be, you know, some kind of research or phenomenon of, of there being sort of higher conception and live birth rates at certain times of year. And since I'm down here in sunny Florida right now and inspired by the sunshine, I thought, Let me just take a deeper dive into this because there's, you know, my clinical observation or what you call anecdotal evidence, which, you know, isn't as highly regarded as like, you know, scientific evidence and, you know, researched, uh, like controlled trials or what have you. Though, to be honest, I mean, all of those trials usually start with Anecdotal evidence, like somebody clinically observing that something is going on, but anyway, so so basically, I dove in to see if there was anything to corroborate my observations and in you know the the chats that I've had with other doctors, and it turns out actually there is, and so let's dive into some fun facts. Um, research shows that the seasonality of births correlates with changes in local temperature and day length. So basically, when it's warmer and the days are longer. Rural populations tend to have a more dramatic seasonal birth pulse than urban populations, and they're more connected to their environment usually. And probably because, you know, country dwellers may be more subject to environmental conditions, including changes of temperature and day length. Additionally, as in other animals, these environmental changes could drive seasonal changes in fertility. This means that rather than just an increase in frequency of sexual intercourse, female and or male fertility may change throughout the year, making people more likely to conceive at certain times with the prerequisite of intercourse or IVF or what have you. So um, biologists know that fertility of non-human mammals is influenced by day length which was an interesting thing to explore because, of course, of course it would be. I just hadn't really thought about it because I don't really think about animal reproduction (laughs) the way that I do about human reproduction. So it's basically like a reproductive calendar. Uh, For example, deer use the shortening days of autumn as a signal for timing reproduction. Females get pregnant in the fall and carry their pregnancy through the winter, The goal is to give birth at a time when plenty of resources are available for newborns. Being born in springtime is evolutionary beneficial. I mean, it's kind of true for us too, especially in the Northern hemisphere, you know, like we lose kind of food and everything um, for the winter. And then there are more resources available in the spring, not to mention that it's warmer, it's easier to be outside. And it turns out that humans may not be so different from mammals. Day length has the potential to influence human fertility, and it does seem to explain the patterns of birth seasonality in some places, but not in others. But what, uh, what they found was birth rates peak earlier in the year the further north you get from the equator. For instance, Finland's is in late April, while Jamaica's is in November. And in the U.S. states further south, like Texas and Florida, experience birth peaks that are not only later in the year, but are more pronounced in those seen in the North. So, you know, in the North where it gets cold for the winter, we're kind of behaving like the deer where we are there. We're seeing like more birthdays in like the spring and early summer. and, And I guess, you know, it's showing that more people are getting pregnant in the fall. And, and this is something that I observed clinically, but then in warmer climate places, um, people seem to be kind of inverting that a little bit and, you know, there's a lot more bursts happening in, say, November or in the winter, and I guess maybe people are conceiving in the months that aren't, you know, as horribly hot. So maybe they're spending more time outside, and, and you know, whereas we in the North, were kind of going inside in the wintertime, they're going inside in what would be our summertime. Why am I telling you all of this? You might be wondering, (laughs) of course, as usual to optimize your chances of conception. So the new research shows that sunlight exposure for a month prior to like an IVF or trying to get pregnant increases the odds of success by 35%. That's crazy. These results came from a study looking at the IVF results of about 6,000 women and compared the dates of their treatment with weather conditions. The more sunshine, the greater likelihood of becoming pregnant. Apparently, sunshine a month before conception probably helped a woman's eggs to mature. The doctor who reviewed the research also mentioned that there is no reason to think that a burst of sunshine wouldn't help someone trying to get pregnant naturally. The study evaluated if weather conditions determined by temperature, rain, and sunshine at the start of ovarian stimulation had an effect on the outcome of IVF in terms of number of mature and fertilized eggs or oocytes pregnancy, and live birth rates. They shifted the results in IVF outcome to the weather results of one month earlier, as we suppose that the selection of good quality eggs or oocytes might start in the weeks before ovarian stimulation was initiated. So basically, like that month leading up to doing a stim cycle to do the retrieval matters a lot. And this is what I tell people a lot of the time, because I have so many people that come to see me right when they're stimming, like right when they start to do their injectables, right when they're trying to get pregnant, that cycle and, and people will take breaks between cycles. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, you know what you're doing between cycles matters. Like don't eat a bunch of junk food and, and be super stressed at work and not be sleeping and. And, you know, like don't kind of let everything go and then tidy it all up right when you're going into a cycle, because what you were doing leading up to the cycle will make a huge difference in outcomes. And so when somebody tells me like, oh, I'm going on a vacation to wherever, like some island, and I'm going to be in the sun on the beach doing nothing and just drinking water and soaking it up. I'm like, excellent. That sounds wonderful. That's totally what I want you to be doing. I've actually like watched people's cycles change completely where I like, I remember this one patient I had, she um, was having horrible luck. She was in New York, she was doing her IVFs and then she was like, screw this. I'm going to the beach for the summer. And then she's just lying around on the beach and you know, I don't know the Hamptons or Jersey shore or something. And then her next cycle, like a month later, it was unbelievable, like completely different from all the other ones. And she got pregnant. So again, anecdotal evidence, but it seems to be corroborated by what we're finding in these these research articles. So the results in the research was a clear trend towards better results when the early weather conditions, i.e. one month before a cycle, were good. Longer day length, more sunshine. There's nothing really new about the effects of sunlight on fertility, and this work is not the first to establish a link of sunlight to IVF. Much has been studied regarding natural non-laboratory fertility load of vitamin D, which is primarily a result of low sunlight exposure, is closely related to the ability to conceive in both men and women. Back to vitamin D in a second, but one of the prescriptions I give, I do give vitamin D, by the way. I live in the enormous uh, northern hemisphere. There are certain populations of fertility patients that seem to have lower vitamin D, for example, women with PCOS. But in general, I see pretty low vitamin D and, you know, being in New York city, it makes sense because there's high buildings, people work a lot. Um, and it's the North. So we just don't get a lot of sunlight, but part of the prescription I give to people when they're um, trying to get pregnant is actually to go outside. So it's all fine and dandy to take vitamin D, but it does not replace going outside. You need to get outside every day. I don't care if the weather is crappy I, I don't care if you just don't feel like it or if you have a lot of work to do, you go outside every single day, at least 30 to 45 minutes, at least. Um, it just will change everything. So that's literally part of my fertility prescription is to go outside. It's not like, oh, just take vitamin D and everything will be fine. I think the vitamin T supplementation helps, but I don't think it replaces our connection to our environment, as the Taoists say. So um, back to vitamin D now. In 2012, uh, a study reviewing articles on vitamin D and fertility, the following conclusions were drawn. This one was on mice who, um, whose vitamin D didn't work due to an ability to link receptors at a cellular level. They had significant gonad- gonadal insufficiency. So like basically their testes and their ovaries didn't work very well. Um, decreased sperm count, motility, um, histological abnormality of testes, uh, ovaries, and uterus. There was the Massive Nurses study that showed that women with low vitamin D levels took a longer time to conceive. There's been numerous studies linking um, PCOS fertility issues to low vitamin D. There's a direct link between vitamin D levels and, and female reproductive outcomes. And in men, higher vitamin D levels are positively associated with semen quality and androgen male hormone status, and vitamin D treatment might increase testosterone levels. One thing that is missing in these excellent studies is any discussion of the production of nitric oxide, also known as NO, no, by sunlight exposure. So like supplementing vitamin D, you know, even D3K2, it's not the same as getting sunlight. And, you know, they, you know, they purport that maybe this has to do with it missing out on the nitric oxide. Uh, part of things that you get from from sunshine so nitric oxide you can actually buy this in supplemental form too it kind of makes you really feel like very zingy like you kind of wake up you want to run a mile when you take it this is not what i suggest suddenly downing a whole bunch of by the way but it's interesting and um, what it can do so it's a potent vasodilator that is essential for proper erection in men uh, and it does this by relaxing the blood vessels, allowing the blood to pass more easily through the vessels. Without it, erectile dysfunction occurs viagra cialis and and other e d drugs work through a nitric oxide pathway and act by keeping nitric oxide in circulation for a longer period, but they don't work about one third of the cases and the effect diminishes over time, not to mention the side effects such as headaches, body aches, and pains, gastrointestinal distress, dizziness, vision changes, flushing, congestion, and runny nose. (laughs) So not ideal. When you take the nitric oxide supplement, you don't really get much of this, but I just, I feel like, I feel like if you can get it from a natural source, that doesn't involve taking one more thing. Thing, then that's great. Like, I'm a big fan of supplementation. I think it helps us in a world where we're having, you know, crappy food quality, we're overworking, we're not, we're making a lot of compromises with our lifestyle. I think supplements help us get to where we want to be, but I still don't think that we should replace all, you know, basic natural environmental needs with supplementation. And since sunlight exposure increases nitric oxide, it's probably a better choice. So in conclusion, I prescribe for you to get outside to help you get pregnant. And if you are having trouble with your cycles, I prescribe for you to spend a month spending more time outside, particularly if you have more trouble with egg quality, with uh, retrievals, even if you're having trouble with implantation you live in the Northern hemisphere, you may want to go South. um, if you can for a month, I know this is like sounding very dramatic, but you know, drastic times are a cause for more drastic measures. And, and this is kind of a nice one. uh, if you can find some flexibility with your work and your life to fit this in so more sunshine, more time outside, and it could actually increase your chances. Wishing you all the best until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at underscore life, or at naturallycb to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.